Sha Na Na was an American rock and roll doo-wop cover group. Undoubtedly the single most successful doo-wop cover group in the history of doo-wop cover groups. I might even go as far as to say they were the kings of all doo-wop cover groups ever in the history of like ever. Formed in 1969, but performing a song and dance routine based on the previous decade, they simultaneously revived and parodied the music and tough New York street vibe of the 50s. They made their first mark on the national stage, performing on an actual sinking stage at Woodstock. A little more fame thanks to their contributions to the mid-70s juggernaut known as Grease, and cemented their rightful place in the history of American pop culture with their syndicated TV show that ran from 1977 through 1981. As of December 5th, 2022, the final live performing version of Sha Na Na have announced that it is indeed time to sing Goodnight Sweetheart for the final time. But with their story now complete, we can finally tell the complete story of Sha Na Na and this we shall do right now. Let's step into the funhouse. <laughs> Where am I? You just entered the dandy funhouse. Hello and welcome to the dandy funhouse. Retro pop culture, toys and games, all the fun stuff. I'm your host, Neil Dandy, and this being episode 30, I figured I needed to break out something special. And what could be more special than the complete history of Sha Na Na? Sha Na Na started in 1969 as a group of college kids at New York's Columbia University. They wanted to combine their love of theater with 50s rock and roll. The original concept for the group was dreamt up by a man named George Leonard, a humanities graduate student. George recruited the members for his brainchild from undergraduate members of Columbia's Kingsman Glee Club a cappella group. At the time, they were wearing turtlenecks and blazers and singing choral versions of 50s rock and roll songs. They quickly incorporated costumes into their routine and George became their choreographer. The group eventually added instruments and started playing 50s throwback sock hop theme parties at school where students came dressed in 50s outfits. They stole a whole new name for the band from the song Get a Job by the Silhouette. You know, Sha Na Na Na, Sha Na 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 Na, and Sha Na Na was born. Not to mention the name Kingsman was kind of already taken, you know, Louie, 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 you know. Their first performance outside of school was at a nightclub called Steve Paul's Scene. And this place was frequented by well-known musicians and music industry business types. It was at the scene where one Mr. Jimi Hendrix noticed and took a liking to this clunky and campy but entertaining college group and they became fast friends. It was only shortly after striking up this friendship, however, that Sha Na Na quite unceremoniously ended their run of shows at Steve Paul's scene because, according to an interview with Sha Na Na co-founder Donnie York, the owner was refusing to pay protection money to the local mob. So, on the final night of the club's existence, Sha Na Na huddled in their dressing room while mobsters busted up the joint. And scene. With the scene no longer on the scene, Sha Na Na needed a new place to play. 
their new friend Jimi Hendrix decided to throw them a bone by inviting them to perform at a little campground get-together known as Woodstock. This would be their eighth professional performance. Yes, it was the summer of love. Hippies and mud and Sha Na Na were going on stage right before Hendrix, who was closing the festival. They almost didn't go on at all due to delays from rainy weather and festival management trying to bump their performance time slot from the schedule completely to make up for lost time because of the weather. Their original time slot was supposed to be 9.30 p.m. Sunday night, but they ended up hunkering down in the back of a U-Haul all night while storms pounded the event grounds to go on the next morning, and Sha Na Na only made it to the stage, which was actually sinking in the mud, on the insistence of Jimi Hendrix, who refused to take the stage. He was the big festival closer until his friends, Sha Na Na, had been given an opportunity to perform as promised. Sha Na Na took the stage in the final morning of Woodstock, barely running on fumes from lack of sleep, and woke up the remaining 40,000 attendees, down from 400,000 the previous days, in their gold spray-painted boots, greaser costumes, doo-wop campiness, winning over the groggy crowd of hippies, many of whom had eaten those infamous uh, oranges, weren't quite sure what they were watching, or even if uh, Sha Na Na was real. Well, after their performance, Sha Na Na drove away in their own orange U-Haul to the sounds of Jimi Hendrix playing the Star-Spangled Banner about 11 a.m. Now, you might be wondering why they didn't hang out while their biggest supporter was taking the stage, but remember, these guys had been awake for about 28 hours by this time and had a two-hour drive back to Columbia. They were toasted, and they wouldn't have made it through Jimmy's first song if you propped their eyes open with toothpicks and poured coffee up their noses with rubber hoses. Greasy fun fact. Shauna's website claims their $350 paycheck from Woodstock bounced. Money.com, however, states that Shauna was paid $700, and there's been an image showing a purported list of Woodstock performer pay floating around the internet for a few years, also showing Shauna being paid $700, which may be where Money.com received their figure. Now, according to Snopes, the validity of the performer pay breakdown has not been able to be verified, but I would tend to at least believe the validity of Sean Anna's claim that their check bounced because of an interview with Roger Daltrey of The Who, who claimed that backstage of Woodstock was anything but peace and love with acts screaming and fighting to wrangle their pay from the promoters. Another greasy fun fact. Shanana was the only group to perform at Woodstock without a record deal, but that changed quickly with their first album, Rock and Roll is Here to Stay, 1969. Less than a year after the band even formed, Shanana had not only played Woodstock and somehow had the good fortune to not have their performance footage end up on the cutting room floor when the Martin Scorsese documentary came out, Okay, they had the good fortune to not have 90 seconds of their performance end up on the cutting room floor, but had built enough of a reputation largely due to their 90-second inclusion in the Martin Scorsese documentary to get them signed with the William Morris Agency, who, in turn, managed to get Buddha Kama Sutra Records to agree to release an album, 
titled Rock and Roll is Here to Stay. But this wasn't just some cheapy trial balloon short run pressing. I mean, they went all out on this thing. It had a fold-out cover with two inside pages with short bios of each of their then 12 members, along with all the song lyrics. They even got the man who coined the phrase rock and roll, legendary DJ Alan Freed, to record not one but two intros on the album. Another greasy fun fact. Alan Freed actually went to court at one point to try and copyright the phrase rock and roll, but fortunately for the rest of us, he failed in this attempt. Budokama Sutra put their full force behind promotions for this album, even taking out a full-page ad on the front of Billboard magazine. Today, the original pressing of Rock and Roll is Here to Stay is widely recognized as the most difficult to find of all Shanana albums and the most collectible. In 1975, Budokama Sutra had Shanana try their hand at a disco record, which you can listen to online if you search for Shana Now. It's everything you might think it would be. It's awful to look at, somewhat unbearable to listen to, and pretty much everything that was wrong with disco. Shana Na quickly buried that steaming pile deeper than Jimmy Hoffa and got back to doing what they do best, which was playing 50s doo-wop and touring. And touring. And touring. And, you guessed it, touring some more. They opened for just about every big-name band of the time, like The Grateful Dead, Frank Zappa, The Kinks, and it wasn't long before they became headliners in their own right. They were also one of only four acts who were invited by John Lennon and Yoko Ono to perform at Madison Square Garden for the famous one-to-one -one benefit concert. Shanana's popularity post-Woodstock is at least partially credited for a revival in the mid-70s interest towards 50s music, fashion, and culture. This in turn inspired the creation of a little musical from 1971 called Grease, which ran on Broadway until 1980 with 3,388 performances, record-setting. Now, how Shanana became involved in the 1978 film adaptation, I'll admit I'm not entirely clear, other than the fact that they were pretty much the preeminent 50s-style music group going at the time. And with the success of such films as American Graffiti and the TV show Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, the late 70s public had a ravenous appetite for all things 50s. It seems once again they were the right group in the right place at the right time. The entire band was cast in the movie Grease, starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John as the prom band Johnny Casino and the Gamblers. They contributed almost an entire album side to the soundtrack and one original song, Sandy, which was co-written by Sean Anna's Screamin' Scott Simon and another writer named Louis St. Louis. Grease went on to become the highest grossing film of 1978, bringing in over $132 million. In today's dollars, that's $616 million. The soundtrack became the second highest selling album in the United States, right behind Saturday Night Fever, also starring John Travolta. It was a very good time to have your star hitched to the Travolta Rocket. Now looking over the Wikipedia page for the movie Grease, it's criminally devoid of any mention of Sean Anna. 
someone ought to have their face rearranged. Sha-na-na invades the nation's living rooms. The Sha-na-na TV show, 1977 through 1981, 97 episodes. In 1977, television producer Pierre Cossette teamed up with LBS Communications to bring the TV show Sha-na-na to living rooms across America. By this time, there had been more than a few member changes since the band's inception, as their act was honed and polished into a tight group of 10 over the years. This period in history is largely regarded as Shanana's heyday and featured their most well-recognized lineup of bass vocalist John Bowser Bowman, who became recognized during this time as the band's leader due to him being the only one with a speaking role in the live show. He acted as MC for a dance contest routine they would do on stage. And the show's producers needing a central personality for audiences to focus on. They felt a show with 10 stars would be too chaotic, so the group that had always been a democracy of equal members acquiesced, and Bowser became the face of Shanana for the sake of the show, and the rest is history. The remaining group members consisted of sax player Lenny Baker, vocalist Johnny Cantardo, vocalist Frederick Denny Green, guitarist Dirty Dan McBride, my personal favorite, bassist Dave Chico Ryan, pianist Screamin' Scott Simon, vocalist Scott Santini Powell, drummer Jocko Marcelino, vocalist Donnie York. For the next four years, everyone's favorite 50s street thugs brought classic rock and roll hits, comedy skits, and a cavalcade of guest stars including Chuck Berry, The Ramones, Ethel Merman, Gary U.S. Bonds, and countless other entertainment legends to the nation's small screens during prime time. Among their supporting cast was also the iconic vaudeville legend, Soupy Sales. Another greasy fun fact. Did you know that Soupy Sales, born Milton Soupman, holds the world's record for catching the most cream pies dropped from a helicopter and performed this feat on Wide World of Sports. Shanana produced 97 episodes of their television show throughout four seasons, becoming one of the highest-rated shows in syndication at the time. Production halted in 1981. And you might be saying to yourself right now, Neil! Which is a weird thing to say to yourself if Neil's not your name. Why can't I find a home-release version of the Shanana Show? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the same reason you can't have a popular song in the background of your YouTube video without getting a copyright strike from the music Nazis. Music licensing is a very sticky wicket, and Shanana was a cover band. They didn't perform their own songs. Sony owns the rights to the show, but reportedly the costs associated with obtaining the licensing for all those songs is more than the projected income a home release would generate. So basically, blame Sony. Guitarist Dirty Dan McBride left the group in 1980, right before the conclusion of the TV series, and was replaced by Guitar Glenn Jordan, who I actually saw perform at the Indianapolis Fairgrounds. I was crushed not to see my man Dirty Dan, but Guitar Glenn did a bang-up job. Soon thereafter, John Bowser Bauman received an offer to host game shows, and the offer was too lucrative to ignore, 
and thus left the band to pursue a continued career in television. He also did cartoon voiceovers, immersed himself in political activism for Not My Party, and began fronting his own band called Bowser and the Stingrays, with whom he still performs to this day. Find them at BowserParty.com. Singer Johnny Cantardo also parted ways around this time, according to an email he was kind enough to respond to, which I intrusively sent him through his website. He continues performing to this day, and is also a professional vocal coach. He said that he and Bowser sometimes get together to perform, but other than that, he was unable to help me with any history of the group's post-TV show, uh, because he simply wasn't involved. Find Mr. Cantardo at johnnycantardo.net. Now, many of the other members went on to new endeavors. Notably, Frederick Denny Green went to Yale Law School, became vice president of production and features for Columbia Pictures, and later became professor of law at the University of Dayton School of Law. These were smart Columbia guys, remember? Scott Santini Powell is currently a specialist in orthopedic surgery and sports medicine. He serves on the medical staff of U.S. national soccer teams and is team physician for the Federation Women's National Team and an associate clinical professor at USC. Drummer Jocko took command of the good ship Shanana and kept things running, torpedoes be darned, despite members ultimately passing to that great doo-wop stage in the sky or simply going on to other pursuits. And why not? The band was still having fun. So were the audiences. And every time a special anniversary of Greece rolled around, they were instantly in demand again. 1998 a revamped version of Shanana with about 50% new members performed at a Capitol 4th, celebrating the 4th of July on America's Capitol Mall, along with a star-studded lineup of acts. And in 1999, they signed a deal with The Gold Label, a record label owned by Pat Boone, and continued performing about 150 shows per year. We're talking corporate events, casinos, state fairs, beach boardwalks. Uh, well, actually, I got to meet Jocko at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in the late 90s, and he was nice enough to come out from backstage and chat with me before the show for a few minutes, sign my entire Sean on our record collection, and uh, gave me a little New York sass. Pretty much made my day. I also got to meet Lenny Baker, who has since passed but was also nice enough to sign my albums, as was Screamin' Scott. Now, Screamin' Scott paused signing to let me know he didn't play on one of the albums that I brought, but I said, hey, sign it anyway, you're screaming, freaking Scott! Chico Ryan also came on stage for a few songs. I mean, it was just awesome. In 2016, the surviving members of Sha Na Na reunited for a special performance at Columbia University, featuring early members from the Woodstock era, as well as from the TV show era that had long parted ways with the group. 2019, 50-year anniversary. Shanana performed for their 50-year golden anniversary entitled An Evening with Shanana at the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles. And at the end of Shanana's amazing 54-year run, 
as the world's greatest doo-wop cover group of all time, the only two original founding members remaining were Jocko and Donnie, along with longtime members Scream and Scott, who joined in 1970. And finally, on December 5th, 2022, Sha Na Na announced a permanent end of touring and bid us all good night, sweetheart, for the very last time. Jocko can still be seen performing with his band, Jocko and the Rockets. You can find them at jockoandtherockets.marcelino.org. And if you visit change.org, you can sign the petition to get Sha Na Na into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where they rightfully belong, in my humble opinion. Just go there and search for Allow Sha Na Na to Hot Dog into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I would include the link, but it's super long and super convoluted. And well, there you have it. The full story of Sha Na Na, to the best of my abilities to bring it to you anyway. A group who brought laughs and joy into our living rooms and onto our concert stages for 54 years, exposed new generations to the music of rock and roll's golden age, and earned their rightful place in American pop culture history. I'd like to give a special acknowledgement to my resources for this episode of the Dandy Funhouse, most notably, shanana.com. The Frankie Slauson Show, who did an amazing hour-long deep-dive interview with Donnie York, who shared a lot of great history. And of course, you guessed it, wikipedia.org. And if you would like to help me afford Johnny Contardo vocal lessons, please consider becoming a Funhouse supporter by visiting the patronage page at dandyfunhouse.com. Supporters gain access to exclusive bonus material, and super supporters get access to that exact same exclusive bonus material. Plus, I'll mail you a lock of Santini's chest hair or other item of equal value from right here at the Dandy Funhouse Studios if you give me your mailing address. Podcast listeners can support the show directly from their Podcast 2.0 compatible applications by donating tiny slivers of Bitcoin, teeny tiny, and they're known as Satoshis. I also accept bus tokens, fuzzy buttons, and broken combs. You know... They say all good things must come to an end, so since this is the end, it must be a good thing. Good night, sweetheart, and come back soon to the Dandy Funhouse, where everything is always fun and dandy. Grease for peace. Hey there, all you breathers! It's time for Chico! Dirty Dan! Dirty Dan! Dirty Dan! Dirty Dan! Dirty 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 Dirty